Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to College Football Tailgate. Today is August 2nd, 2021, and we are back, folks. Back. Back in the studio. Smitty is with us. Uh, we got uh, Tyler Walji always to the left. The boys are back in town. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Today's going to be the a great show. The boys are back in town. First of all, we got obviously... How you guys been? How you been, Will? Oh, I'm good, dude. Yeah. I'm good. And and I know you guys are good, too, because we saw each other last weekend. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. We did the combine finally. I know, <laughs> I know the listeners have been waiting eagerly for these combine results, so we are going to get to that. We've obviously got the Texas-Oklahoma college football realignment stuff to talk about, name, image, likeness, some college football news. We're going to give out a couple of... Uh, early look ahead game line, some picks. Uh, Tyler's got some. I've got some. And then uh, we're going to wrap up the show with our combine numbers and just discussing our overall draft ability, which I'm excited about. Yeah, it, it's, it was fun. I, I, I think that's the one thing we've done on the show no one cares at all about. I Us disagree. talking about our combine numbers. No, I think people want to know just exactly how uh, unathletic or athletic we may be. You know, we're going to tease it, obviously. Our after athletic the commercial prowess. Break. Yes, our athletic prowess. Um, but we're good. We're back. You know, we didn't do a show all July, but starting now, we're back to week to week. We're going to be here uh, in the studio every Monday. Uh, podcast coming out Tuesday morning. So uh, it feels it, good to be back. In case you are new to the show, I know we're going to have a lot of new listeners, especially in SEC country. Oh, yeah. But if you're new to the show, we, we will recap the whole combine thing because... Last year during the season, somehow we challenged one another to a combine. Yeah. And we pulled some audio from it last year because Will and I <laughs> were saying, if you listen to the offseason shows, we're saying that, you know, Ryan was claiming that he could run a sub 540. Yeah. And we kind of called him out and said, no, you could sub 540. That's crazy. And he doubled down. And. You know what's what was funny <laughs> is is during the combine we get out there uh, it, it's under the hot sun yeah and then suddenly Ryan starts to backpedal and say it's he goes I never said that he goes I never <laughs> said sub five hold no, on a no, second no no let's clarify something <laughs> you were saying that I said a four four I thought you said a four four did he not say four four I don't know if he was specific do we have four, the tape four. can we listen it, to the tape he did not be, he was not specific with a four four I could have sworn that he claimed well, like four 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 five but going back and looking at the replay okay we referenced an earlier point in the show that I couldn't find mm. because Ryan joined the show last year and we had said it was the previous offseat or the previous uh, end of the season. Huh. And so there's some timeline mix up and I didn't get the exact show that that was. So Classic, I don't have like Berenstein bear situation. This is the <laughs> <Yeah>. Mandela effect. <laughs> so, it happened, but it didn't happen. Dude, The Mandela effect is a real thing. Uh, don't I, I, don't. I just said it is. Okay. I, we're, we just, we just, but you're, you're trying to be tongue in cheek <laughs> and throw this in with a very serious thing uh, like the Mandela effect, yes. which is real. It exists. And don't RIP Nelson Mandela. Well, yeah, but it's not just about Nelson Mandela. There's other things that... Uh, I don't even know what that is. The, the Mandela effect is the idea that there's multiple infinite amount of universes and realities, and every decision that's made branches off into a new reality. So what happens is we are our conscious or our subconscious sometimes kind of goes between these realities, and we have a memory of somebody in a different area or somebody in a different timeline. And so some of us who were on the same timeline where Nelson Mandela was thought to be in jail, you know, well, no, he wasn't jail. He was thought to be dead. Uh, he was thought, thought to be dead. People remember his funeral, exactly. right? So, so, yeah, the but idea he's alive. is right. The idea is that massive amounts of people remember something happening one specific way. 
and but it didn't happen. It never happened that yeah. way. Like the Berenstein Bears, you know, a, a lot of people think uh, there was like an animated show called the Berenstein Bears, but apparently there was never a show. Well, no, no, it, it was right? it was it's the, just like the, the Shaq the, movie, Shazam or Kazam. Kazam, or whatever. yes. <laughs> a lot of people, people remember think, this movie, but it never happened. I remember Except that it movie. wasn't with Shaq. It, it was, was with, with uh, Sinbad. Sinbad, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people th- remember the Shaq version. Kazam, so, yeah. If yeah. you're listening, you didn't just switch over to the Joe Rogan experience. This is still college so football. So that's the Mandela tailgate. effect where, gotcha. you know, okay. yeah, there's different. This is still college football. Tailgate. You can remember but one. Thing. We're, and, and, we're right and, back to, to regular season form. In none, of, this is. in none of the realities does Michigan win a championship in the last like oh, 10 years. I don't years. remember I know that. So sure. that's definitely so, true. Yeah. I, I don't remember it. Yeah, we're um, back. We are back. But yeah, so Smitty claimed a 4-3. Did not. No, I'm kidding. Um, we are going to get there later, but we got to start with the big news, right? Uh, obviously, by now, if you're a college football fan, you know about Texas and Oklahoma switching to the SEC from the Big 12. But even just today, there's been even more rumors. So we record on Monday. Uh, there was a rumor that came out today. I believe it was Pro Football Focus tweeted it out and said that Clemson and Florida State had reached out to the SEC to join as well. Now, since that point, Clemson has already come out and claimed that that's not true. But I don't think we've heard anything from Florida State. And, uh, you know, who knows how true that is or not. But everything that happened at SEC Media Days over the last couple weeks with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, this sucks. I'm just going to come out and say it. You know, I'm going to get to – I have a list kind of pros and cons when it comes to this. And there are some pros to Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, but – this is just more conference realignment, and I fucking hate Dude, conference realignment. I couldn't actually disagree more. I love this. Oh, and here's the reason I love oh. it. Short term, I don't love it because the SEC is going to be stacked. There's going to be all this weird balance of power. All the good teams are going to play one another. But college football, I've been saying this the whole time we've done this show, has needed a shakeup for decades. And if this is going to be the first big actual domino that really means changing the sport, I'm okay with it because... Like I said, this is long overdue. So right now, I don't love all these teams going to the SEC, but what I see is five years down the road, 10 years down the road, this sport's going to be massively different, and this is going to be looked at as probably the first major shift in that. I mean, we can all go back to uh, Nebraska leaving the Big 12, right. or even Colorado. the Big 8 becoming the Big... Right? There, yeah. There's a lot of these throughout history, but this is the one that I think is going to shift things. So I want it. You know, I, I'm a fan of the University of Colorado, and I'll admit it. We're probably on the bottom end of the Power Five right now, right? Um, but still, if CU goes undefeated, they would at least be in the argument for the national championship. They're in the Pac-12, you know, depending on how their resume goes, it would still be in the conversation. I can't say the same for uh, any Mountain West team. I mean, if Nevada goes undefeated this year, right, is it legitimate? A- that, I mean, the 12-team playoff is different, but right. I guess my point is this sport has needed to shake up for a long time. And if this is the change that they need, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you you made a lot of good points, but specifically with Colorado, they were in the Big 12. If they would go undefeated in the Big 12, it's it's no different for them, right? Um, now, but, look, I, I think I, that I, it I, was... I guess my point was for the teams below CU in that sort of third level of college football, it's not fair that they can go undefeated and they don't have a chance to win the Yeah, well, title. That, that's more playoff expansion to me, which I think is great. And obviously, we have the playoff expanding to 12, mm-hmm. For me, what I hate about conference realignment is that it sucks for fans. It sucks for the the tradition, the culture, and the history of college football. We lose rivalries. Now, in this one, we technically we're going to gain one back with Texas A&M and, and Texas M, yeah. playing again. So I am excited about that. 
you know, depending on what happens with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, we may lose Bedlam. And that's an awesome game. That's that that's traditionally a fantastic game. Doesn't mean I think they they're gonna play. do what they can do to play Hopefully, every year. But that's what people said about Texas and Texas A and M too. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. you know, look, it's purely a money move. College football has been and always will be about the money, and so it makes sense. You know, I mean the Big Twelve has kind of been doomed since Nebraska and Colorado first left. That was the first domino for the Big Twelve, I think. And, you know, they they now are probably gonna die. I mean, uh Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner was just, I think, testifying in front of the, um, like the Texas State Senate today, and he said that Oklahoma and Texas account for half of all the revenue the Big 12 gets. Wow! So, so, so the Big 12 is going to break up, it's, obviously. It's, yeah, and exactly. Up. And then what happens to the rest of those teams? Where does Oklahoma State go? Where does Texas Tech go? Obviously, I, mean, I think other conferences are going to come and well, poach them, right? The, or they make a new conference and try and get SMU and Houston involved and some of those middle teams. Yeah. I mean Boise potentially. So there's like, options. Yeah, I guess you're. I mean, look, there's definitely options. They, they, they could easily create a new conference. I mean, I've heard the Pac-12 actually came out and said the Pac-12 is not interested in Texas Tech or TCU. But they are interested in Oklahoma State and Baylor. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting how the the conferences are yeah. saying we want these teams, we don't want these teams, and you don't have time to stop and think. If you're a conference right now, you got to act. You got to get these teams because it's the way I read it is the SEC was just moving. Everyone else is sitting on their hands, thinking, "Hey, everything's just hunky dory. It's how it's going to be." It's like, no, this is not how it's going to be. Do you want to hear my ideal college football situation? Yeah. And for some people out there, I promise you. Again, if you're new to the show, this is I'm not hot take, you know, Tyler. These are things I really believe and I want to see this. So, don't laugh at this idea. This is real, okay? If you're a soccer fan, you'll understand this. Some sort of a relegation, relegation. type of thing. Where there's I th- I think the perfect number is 48. You have 48 teams in like the top level of college football. And, you know, I, it would all have to be determined in terms of details for conferences and scheduling things like that, but there's 48 teams in the top. Well, they would still have the final 12, but maybe like the the bottom 10 teams or something like that get relegated or the bottom five. And then of the second division, if you win the championship or finish in the top four, something like that, top eight, whatever it would be, you get promoted to the next league. Right. So it's kind of a, a way to make sure the balance of power is always there, a way to give teams like Louisiana Lafayette, hey, if you keep winning, you can be playing with the big boys too. So I think that's fair. I think it sounds far-fetched because it's so not used to what we have right now but to me that's the perfect system you get three or four different divisions relegations team going teams going up teams going down on a on a year-by-year basis that's my ideal situation yeah i mean i i think that that would be tough for scheduling especially with like historically in college football they schedule games like 50 oh it would 50 years be ahead, a lot of know? hurdles to jump but the don't con- you think the conference would- stuff it would be f- i don't know here's the, here's what i don't like about that is i think you lose more rivals you, you, you lose rivalry games that way because obviously well, if, being a michigan fan why are you so excited about these rivalries look you want to get rid of the rivalries. no that's exactly <laughs> what i'm talking about even if michigan sucks and they're going to get the shit kicked out of them by ohio state every year i want that game like this is what makes college football great is the history the tradition the rivalries that's what separates it from the nfl in my opinion and i don't want to lose that that's stupid quickly quick uh, left turn here yeah DraftKings, I love DraftKings as a sportsbook because they take a risk and put a lot of bets out there other other sportsbooks don't. Mm-hmm. They already have future bets out there for so many big games. Do you want to know the Michigan-Ohio State line right now? 24. It's 10 and a half. Oh, that's absurd. That's Ten, what put, I thought. Throw all your money I'm like, Ohio whoa, State. that's, that's I mean, a low line. And if it's I in owned Michigan a house, this year. I would put a mortgage it's in the big on house, that right? right now. Yes. Yeah. And they will, and they'll like, still 
blow them out. Yeah, I expected <laughs> yeah. more than that too. So anyway, well, all right. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. I will. I'm not. I'm not joking. I'll jump on that. But back to the rivalries. Like that is one of the most important things with college football. And I do understand that you don't want to lose those. But there's got to be some way to get these other teams involved. But it's saying it for a long time. And I do think you know. Back to the beginning of this whole point. This whole shift. These teams going to the SEC. I do like what it's going to do long term. Short term, not a huge fan, but long term, I like it. I guess. I mean, look. I think the best way to get smaller teams involved is just to open up the playoff more, and then you keep the you know you keep conferences how they are. Because like what sucks is that like the Big Twelve has like we all I don't know it has an identity. We all know what the Big Twelve has been over the last that's so short like, term. 10 I mean, years. The, Big Te- the Big Twelve has only existed for. 15 years. I mean, the big eight. Well, whatever. Camera. We still, but it was, it's still the same thing. I mean, but uh, we do, I, I get that there's already been some of that, but this is more massive. This is like, we're probably going to lose the big 12. It's going to be yeah. four super conferences. You know, we're going to, we're probably going to have, like you said, two, two big 12 teams in the pack 12. I, I don't go to the that, big 10. I don't think expanding it intrinsically makes it more fair because let's say you make it of uh, not a 12 team tournament. Let's say you make it a 48 team tournament. Let's, let's let's make it crazy. Let's say it's like basketball. 68 teams. Right. Does the 68th team really have a shot? That's my no, point. Yeah, but th- th- that's fine. But th- how does that doesn't change anything for for just moving a Mountain West team into a super conference. But they've got a chance to win a, a championship. They've got a chance for the season to mean something. When you start right, the year... But they and, st- if you expand the playoffs, I mean, wh- you just made my argument for me. If they have no chance to win anyway, I? then what <laughs> then what difference does it make what, what conference they're in? Huh? Um... You're Wait, saying that, that opening it up to 64 teams, the 64 team still doesn't have a chance, right? Yeah. So why why does it matter what conference they play in or if they're in well, the lower or bottom division? if there's three different divisions, and that would mean there's three different championships. Oh, okay, okay. That's a different... Yeah, so, I'm cool with that. If you yeah, want to have so, a group of five playoff, I'm, yeah, I'm totally that, fine with that. Yeah, that's the idea to where there's a championship yeah. and then... I just don't want to lose, like, I don't know, I have four super conferences on the horizon. I mean, we've already heard rumors. Uh, that, during all this madness, there were rumors that that Michigan, Ohio State, like the SEC wanted to bring in. If we're just leaning towards all the best, the biggest programs move to the SEC, Clemson, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, oh, and that's Wisconsin. Right now. That's uh, all we're going to end up with is they all go to one big conference but what and about, then they split up into four smaller conferences and we're in the same fucking boat minus rivalries and long regional term, stuff. Long term, this is going to fix itself because once all these schools start recruiting against each other and then you have the geographical separation of teams like maybe USC or Washington or hopefully teams like Colorado who can recruit players. I think the balance of power over the, over time is going to change. Like it's, it's funny. Maybe this whole thing of players come from the South sec being the dominant force. Maybe it's going to be that way for the next 20, 30 years. But if you look back in history, it's been cycles of conference or uh, of regions that kind of dominate. And, you know, I think that if we look forward, and if what we come up with in the next 20 years makes complete sense to us now, I don't know how accurate that's going to be, right? Because things change a lot in this sport. So I think yeah. that eventually, and again, I know I'm looking forward, you know, pretty far ahead. If we fast forward 10, 15 years, I think teams like USC, let's just use them as our West Coast example, could start getting loaded with power or with, with, with talent because the coaches are now pitching saying, hey, you want to complain the Pac-12 where we dominate like OU used to dominate the Big 12. You know, you don't have to go through Texas and Oklahoma and Alabama and LSU and Auburn, and it's an easier path. You stay healthy. By the way, look at all of our NFL draft picks. You can still accomplish the exact same thing they're accomplishing down in Alabama. So I think the power 
will eventually shift and teams like USC will get better and this whole idea of the SEC dominating won't be the case in five or ten years. So right now it is the case because all of these powerhouses are coming together and it's the one thing that we're all talking about because it's kind of punching us all in the face. But I think long term, this is a good thing. Ugh. I know. Why do we even have conferences? Like that's, this may be a dumb question, but what is the purpose of the conference itself? That's like where we're getting right. Like just get rid well, of that, conferences that, that, altogether. That's what I'm saying. That's because if it's just going to go to you know super conferences, then what's the point of the it's conference? It's pretty much a scheduling now. Like like yeah, your, your regular season schedule. It's like and it's more than just like football too. Like you have to think about all the other sports too. And those who don't cares matter. about the other sports? Well, I'm not <laughs> saying they matter, but like exactly. it it's makes like it easier when you when we have multiple schools in one conference. It makes scheduling for everybody. So what if they do this? What if they do end up with four giant divisions, four super conferences? They only play each other. And then let's say the top four from each conference gets into a 16-team tournament. That's probably what's going to happen. But uh, because if you have a super conference, you're going to have to increase. You can't just be the SEC and have an eight-game conference schedule anymore. It's got to be nine or Mm -hmm. ten, right? And we're probably going to have more, a bigger, uh, you know, Obviously, with the expanded playoff, we're going to have more games. We're probably going to lose conference championship games. It's just going to go to something like that. I'm just saying, look, I'm not saying that that I'm not trying to be like total old man yelling at, at I'm usually at, the, at the get clouds. off my lawn guy. Here. I know. It's just like, like <laughs> what I love about college football, I'm scared that we're losing some of it. And, and, and obviously, it's no coincidence that, look, OU and Texas are not joining the SEC if the playoff expansion announcement doesn't happen. Yeah, I think so, too. Because obviously, yeah. then they're just saying, well... They're, we're going to have even less of a shot at getting to the playoff, right? And it turns out that Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, was basically playing uh, 3D chess with Bob Bowlesby and everyone else because uh, before all this stuff was announced, when the playoff expansion was announced, Greg Sankey was one of the guys who was pushing the uh, expansion of the playoff, right? Mm-hmm. Big 12 commissioner Bob Bowlesby is like praising him. He's saying, we couldn't have done this without him. Little did he know that Texas and Oklahoma have been talking back channeling with the SEC oh, the whole time and he's saying yeah let's let's expand it because I'm just going to poach your whole conference and ruin your life in a couple months and then it uh, apparently what happened is Texas A&M leaked the the information at <laughs> SEC media days it was not supposed to be announced by now no one was supposed to know but Texas A&M didn't want Texas in they wanted to be the only school in Texas in the SEC so they leaked it at big at big or as, excuse me SEC media days and then all this shit storm begins so obviously it's approved now. They're going. We don't know how soon. It depends on if if the Big Twelve doesn't exist, they can go next year. If the Big Twelve just dissolves, OU and and uh, Texas can just leave and join the SEC next year. Otherwise, they have to wait until their media contracts are up in 2025. Hey man, and they have to pay a fat fee, but it's worth it for them. They're going to make excited. way more money. I'm stoked. Look, okay, pros. You're right. I'll get to the pros. I got a couple things for you guys. Real yeah. Quick. Um. So a lot of these. You know, obviously, they get bigger conferences. Now, you're going to have to, like you said, Will, um, you're going to have to play nine or ten conference games. Yeah. Do you ever see them doing like what the NFL did and adding weeks or making the season longer? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're already going to have it with the playoff, at least the people that make it further will. And I think they probably will move towards a little bit, maybe a 13 or 14 regular game okay. uh, season, but then they eliminate conference championship games plus these guys are getting paid now that's true you know? well, well so it's, my, it's my other yeah. thing too and that's and a whole other discussion yeah. well you kind of touched on it is some of these non-conference games are scheduled eight nine ten years in advance right like, i don't see how you're going to add those extra conference games when you've well, already got somebody on the 
They, you just remove just the shit that. ones. Yeah, you they, remove they, the Youngstown State. Sorry, just say, sorry, Youngstown State people. You <laughs> right. remove that one, the Citadel, off your schedule. I love that. Whenever we use an example of like a shit school, I always feel bad for the I do. people in I'm that not market listening. It's like I feel sorry. Opalini, yeah. shout out. Yeah, sorry, you know? Nevada for saying Jim you guys want to feed it. Well, you mentioned uh, Louisiana Lafayette not having a shot. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I know. All, all those are they the raging Cajuns? Yeah, dude, raging Cajuns. Love the raging Cajuns. Really pop some raging. They might be the top five. But no, look. There are pros, and so I'll get to those. Even though I am worried about kind of the sanctity of college football and what I love about it changing, I so think te- Texas and Oklahoma playing SEC schedules is going to be awesome. I'm I'm excited for that. If you're a season ticket holder for either one of those schools, like you're a huge winner for this. Your your ticket value just went up. You get uh, all these great SEC schools coming to to your stadium for home games, and I owe you can compete like right now that's obvious and believe it or not i actually think texas benefits from this most people are saying like texas can't even win in the big 12 they're gonna be totally fucked in the sec i think that being able to i i think that being in the sec makes it easier for you to recruit certain kids that only want to play in the sec if you're a kid that is from georgia right you maybe don't want to go to texas even though it's not that far but it's because your family isn't gonna be able to see as many home games in, in the area, right? But now if you're playing in the SEC, the family says, okay, it's not so hard for us to travel to Athens to see Texas play at Georgia or Tuscaloosa or what have you, right? So I think that actually, I know Texas has always recruited well, but I think that they will benefit from this. Texas will eventually compete with Sarkeesian too. Is Texas back? Not yet, but I think they probably will be soon. <laughs> Should I um, check online? I mean, I'll... Is there a Texas is back website yes. that just says yes or no? Yes. So is Texas back yet dot com? It's 70% not really. Not really. So they're getting close. Okay. They're getting there. <laughs> Serious. Look at this. Is Texas What's the website? Back? It's called isTexasBackYet.com. Dot com. And it just Love says, it. for Texas football to truly be back, we must maintain 10 wins each season. Let's see if we can ride. <laughs> let's see if we can reach that criteria. Of course, to Texas is the one that has that. Right? I would assume that it was like an Oklahoma fan that made it, and it always says no. But that, that's actually brilliant. Shout out to them. I like this person, whoever... Yeah create his website yeah, look so. Saban gets another coach that an ex-coach that now he can play against almost every year and ruin his career because every ex-coach I'm pretty sure Saban has never lost to an ex to one of his assistant coaches I think since that's he's been in Alabama yeah, I think that's the case and so now he's going to get a chance to uh, show up Sark or maybe Sark can be the first one to do it um, obviously you know we said before Texas Texas A&M coming back is awesome I'm just I am afraid for Bedlam and also if you're a, a Oklahoma or Texas fan I think the most the, the best thing for you is that Paul Feinbaum is now on your side. He's now yeah, going to say nice Paul. things on your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paul, Tammy, they're all they're all Careful. on your side. Don't whisper anything. He'll hear you from 100 miles away. Rest in peace, Tammy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so look, I don't know. I think that this offseason is crazy <laughs> with the the name image likeness stuff now with the potential conference realignment. You know, look, it it kind of freaks me out because I do think you're right, Tyler. We're going to look back and this will be the monumental shift and people will look at college football through the lens of before and after like basically this year yeah so i don't know texas 73 and 53 over the last 10 years that that's not yeah that's not it's great not great it's not it's not horrible but, but it's, it's not this great whole idea i think that people have misconceptions of like the level of certain schools and i'm sorry to put michigan in that category well, but there's some there. there's They're some school similar. where it's like yeah they always have such sky high monster expectations there's right. always so much hype surrounding texas yeah, and they always sure. fall flat always so i mean i don't know well at both those schools texas i'm pretty sure is the number one money-making school in all of college sports look 
it's exciting what's going on with Texas, Oklahoma, the SEC expansion. We're all forgetting the most exciting story team and coach in the SEC, and that's Mike Leach, because he's going to have a huge bounce back year. Mm. All this bullshit that people say he's a terrible coach, look at last season, it's proof. Mm. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what he does this season. Mississippi State is on my top five teams to bounce back in 2021. Top five bounce back teams. Yes. To like seven and five, or what? what what's the bounce back? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, right. It's going to be an improvement, yeah. I think that there's a decent chance that Mike Leach is fired after this year. I'm going to say that. And it's not because I don't like him. It's because I don't think that he can win doing that stuff in the SEC. I'm the only one who gives the guy any credit. Someone's got to do it on this show. Someone's got to do it. It's Someone's not going to be me. Um, look, power move by the SEC to bring in both those schools. Obviously, you bring in an incredible football program. But then with Texas, I, they just won whatever the award is they give out to the best overall athletic department in the country. Uh, outside of football, they're crushing like every sport. So it's Are a big they? deal. Yeah, they're okay. like they're really good in every other sport but football. So... Um, you know, look, massive move for the for the SEC. Greg Sankey just like whipped his nuts out and threw him on the table, <laughs> and he's he's like the king of college football. It's not even close. So, but Big Twelve. So now some of the teams that are left, they're talking about West Virginia going to the ACC, uh, Iowa State and Kansas going to the Big Ten. You said it before. The Pac-12 doesn't want Texas Tech. Maybe they want Baylor, and maybe they want what was the other one? Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. So. The, you're right. It, there will be fun things about that. It just kind of freaks me out. Don't freak um, out, Will. Don't freak out. I'm freaking out. I'm, to, <laughs> I'm totally freaking out. Look, the surest I sign... freaking out. I, it, I do think that we're going to lose the Big 12 forever, and I think the surest sign is of the death of the Big 12 is that Mike Gundy got rid of his mullet. He's, his, now he just has regular hair. That's like the dead canary in the coal mine, and no. the rest of the Big 12 guys <laughs> are like coal miners, and business. they know they're fucked. I'm excited for Oklahoma State this year. He doesn't have the mullet. I just don't. I. It's like, I just want him with the mullet. Well, well also, ca- I'm going to call my shot right now. If the Big 12 does dissolve, Bill Snyder dies within two weeks. You Jesus. know, you know, you know how like, look, dark. no, hey, good God. first of all, I wish all the health for Bill Snyder. This is not like a, uh, like, I don't have, I wish any ill will towards him. But you remember how like Joe Pa died, like right after he couldn't coach Penn State anymore. So now Bill Snyder, I think. Like his whole identity is tied to the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve hmm. dies, he dies with it. That's what I think. Okay, so there's Will's movie idea. His heart can't first handle movie the idea of the season. Well, see, the thing that you don't know is he's been dead for ten years. Well. <laughs> Mandela on, effect, right? Dead on the sideline. <laughs> um, the other big thing that happened this off season was the name, image, likeness rules changing. Yes. Um, look, this is overall good. I'm glad that players are finally profiting off their their name. Um, I think they could, it could possibly expedite the NCAA football video game coming back now that those guys can get approval, you know, to use their image or whatever their name on there. But once again, you know, I think this is just a thing that we don't know where it's going to go. And I, I think especially the first few years are going to be pretty rocky up yeah. and down. Um, you know, we were already seeing it just today. Quinn Ewers, who's the number one mm-hmm. overall uh, high school recruit, he's a quarterback out of Texas, committed to Ohio State. He's skipping his whole senior year of high school to enroll early at Ohio State, and not because he's dying to get on the field at Ohio State early. It's because in Texas state laws don't allow for high school student-athletes to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. Okay. So if he goes to Ohio State early, he can cash in and make you know maybe a million dollars just by skipping his senior year of high school. <laughs> Shut and up. And that just happened today. What? Yeah. This is crazy what's going to happen. The, the, the effect that's yeah, going to be spread sure. out. The, it's massive. 
Wow. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of wrinkles to iron That's out with crazy, this whole thing. Right? And what's funny is all three of us don't give a shit whatsoever except for that video game. Yeah, right. I know. I Seriously, know. dude. Amen. I know. Just bring me back. Bring my, the video game back. Yeah, my whole thought in this whole thing is, okay, it's easy for me to realign conferences. I'll just bring the the, the Big 12 yes. back. Yeah. Okay, right now. I'm putting Nebraska back in the Big 12. See you. I already Florida, told you how much I hate this conference realignment and losing the Big 12. If there was a button right in front of me right now that said, all conferences gone, Super League, but you get the video game back, I would smash it without even hesitation. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I need NCAA back. But look, you know, I think the NIL stuff, like I said, good for good for the players. I'm glad they're finally being able to profit off it. The rich are only going to get richer in this scenario, though, right? I mean, the rules, they're not going to hurt Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, LSU. You know, the teams this is going to hurt the most are probably small schools, underdog schools, group of five schools that don't have the capital. They don't have the massive group of alumni donors who can shell out cash to sponsor players on the team through their businesses. Um, you know, look, I, th- I think about like Boise State beating Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. In the post name image likeness world, I don't know if that ever happens again. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, there's an angle that I'm missing. I think that their only hope at that point is that the team with the players that's getting paid like has enough disruptions from the players getting money that it caused rifts among the teams enough to where they like collapse, right? I mean, yeah. But besides that, the talent level is going to be so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean... But that's why, again, just spread things out. Divide these teams You're probably up, right. You know, if, like all the, if, if like all the good players are going to Oklahoma, that yeah. maybe creates an opportunity for... But is know, it really that different now? Aren't all the good players going to Oklahoma anyway? Good in point. Alabama? Very good so point. I, I, it's just... I don't know how much more... No, and you know what? Can, it might actually benefit the teams that have that are like big programs that have money that have been struggling like Southern California like Nebraska Tennessee Michigan like right. these now that these guys can throw like they're they have that Notre Dame exactly man like they have massive donors alumni base and now they can use businesses like you know what school I actually think will benefit the most from this is Rutgers because of their a lot of their alumni is in New York City a lot of wealthy stuff there's a lot of business there right now they can recruit and I bet you Rutgers We'll find ways to get players more money than even like Penn State right. or some other team, you know, some top Wisconsin. And I think that when you know you combine that with Shiano being there, Rutgers could could end up being like a football powerhouse five years. You from remember now. when Ray Rice went to Rutgers and they went to like the Fiesta Bowl? Was it? Or, uh, uh, I'm not sure. It was the New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. But yeah, they won it. They went like eleven and one that year. That right? That was cool. That oh, was yeah. that was before Shiano left for the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tyler Walgy, big Ray Rice guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, the craziest thing I didn't see coming with the name, image, likeness stuff yeah. is the social media is actually like the biggest factor for these players. The Heisman level players, look, you know, the Trevor Lawrence level players, they're going to get paid huge. But even more so are the ones that have massive social media followings, right? Like there's this LSU gymnast. I don't know her name. She's just oh, she's know. just like a hot um, chick, right? She already has like two million Instagram Ryan's followers. Like, I know who it is. <laughs> I, I looked her up the other What's day. Actually. She's look. I she's think, smoking hot. She's I like think a her supermodel. Like Carolyn Dunn or something. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, do my research. <laughs> find, it. find her. Find it out. We'll tweet out a picture of her. No, I'm kidding. Um, but she already had this. She had like two million Instagram followers or some crazy shit like that. 
And even though you know women's gymnastics is certainly not like the biggest sport nationally, it's pretty hot right now. They're the saying Olympics. they're saying she's going to make like ten million dollars a year off off of endorsements. Damn. Her name's Olivia Dunn. Olivia so, Dunn. Uh, hmm. Listeners, go Google ahead. her. Have fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> give her the old Google. Shout out. Yeah, give it a Google. Um, shout out to to Olivia Dunn. She's going to make like ten million dollars just because she's got a massive Instagram following. Because she's super hot, and I'm sure she's a, a fantastic gymnast too. But let's, let's <laughs> be honest: secondary. if it was just gymnastics, she's not going to have 10 million Instagram followers. Sorry, ladies. Mm. Um, so look, it's just crazy to me. I, everything is is just bananas right now, and I think that a lot of, of companies will probably find out that their investments they don't get a bunch of return initially <laughs> when they're dumping all this money into right. you know college athletes. I don't know. Does it not make you a little uneasy? The college athletes get money. I mean, not not. It's not that. It's not like I don't want to see him get paid. I'm not going full Danny Cannell here, you know. But like, I yeah. I mean, look, we already see no, that a bunch of players that. get to the NFL and they like ruin their lives because they don't know how to handle money. And maybe now that just happens in college, and yeah, that's, and unfortunately that's the way it goes. That's kind of what. I, that's where my mind immediately goes is given you know. 18, 19 year old kids, millions of dollars. Like, yeah, what could go wrong? Yeah. And look, but, but I mean, that's, a lot not, could go wrong. that's on the kid. It's like I know, no but it's still it's still one of those things. It's like, um, you know, if you give, you know, do you blame the kid that's driving the car, or do you blame the person who gave him the keys? Yeah, you know, for sure. Hopefully, the schools like the football teams will get really, you know, aggressive with trying to teach them about this stuff. Because look, this isn't a judgment on them either. If I was nineteen and you gave me a million dollars, I'd probably be dead right now. Oh yeah, yeah there's no way I would have been smart sure. with my money. Yeah, but I mean, you know? that's look, uh, this is part of it. Like we've been calling for this for a long time, yes. right? And now it happens, and you know, it's like there's going to be bumps along the way, but the right things are happening. Here. Yeah, I'm sure. I'd, like I, I would, obvi- it would obviously be smart to um to have like you know personal finance courses in a lot of these schools because you know for the listeners um all three of us went to the same high school and we that was a requirement was personal finance oh i Um, didn't take that class you didn't no (laughs) it must not no wonder (laughs) i think i think it was on like a like you there was a certain you had to select from a few that were required and oh yeah yeah well i mean i remember taking it and there's I am not swimming. Good. There's swimming there's swimming was required. Classes, yeah, though. Like, yeah. There well, needs yeah. to be more classes for that nonsense. Well, yeah, like, for sure. All these gotta, freshman you know, courses at school. We're in the like, suburbs of Colorado. You know, the inner cities, they're not doing that stuff like no, but in the, Chicago There needs or to be like so many more practical classes. Oh, yeah, I mean, for everyone's sure. Everyone's out there taking geometry of Mesopotamia. Yeah. It's like, oh. Hey man, you know it's important to know where we came from and the is that the, the fertile t- crescent, the Tigris and the Euphrates. Yes, is that yeah, it. Some stuff. Hey, it's coming oh. in handy right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you're right. Look, I think that I really believe, especially with this stuff with the paying the players, you know, and them, them being able to make money, it will even out. I just I do think the next few years are probably going to be rocky. Some crazy shit's probably going to happen. I just can't wait for players to start advertising, like really inappropriate stuff mm. you know like is uh, like a porn website can ask one of these guys or <laughs> trevor lawrence sponsored by Pornhub. yeah exactly <laughs> or like uh <laughs> yeah i want to keep things clean. It's, how our Dabo, first, Dabo it's our first show back that. actually keeping things clean on our first show back going back and listening to last year's first show trying to find that audio uh last year's first show i dropped the my nine holes line either you're eating a piece of swiss cheese or you just had a fun night in vegas <laughs> It was like, wow, that was show hey, one last year. That's I came, right. out, I came out of the gates hot. We're letting the people know what we're all about, <laughs> yeah. okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, this isn't button down Paul Feinbaum boring bullshit. So. Paul Feinbaum's got the biggest ears on TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just keep waiting for him to just fly off of those things. He's got a pretty big <laughs> mouth, too. Uh, not a huge fan. But look, 
I do think, you know, we, we did say that we were going to talk about this. Like, th- there can't be another offseason in college football that was as wild as this one. Between the playoff, uh, the playoffs get expanded, name, image, likeness gets approved, and now you have con- crazy conference realignment. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there, I don't know that we'll ever be a, a, an offseason like this ever again. No, it was a great offseason. I had a perfect storm. Yeah, exactly. A lot going on. Now, let's go to our tailgate guy because Ryan's our, tailgate, our classic tailgate guy. Yep. Ryan, offseason, what's the best tailgate opportunities? Like, what, um, what can people tailgate the so offseason? So, I thought about this a little bit and I uh, came up with uh, opening day. Oh, but that's a good tailgate. Oh, a good one. Mm. Um, the Open Championship. See, I don't know about the Open. Wait, the Open? You mean like the Golf? British Open? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do they, I, they probably tailgate pretty hard in I the don't UK. Know. I don't oh, See, Bangers I don't and know. mash and some, uh, some right. shitty right. beer. I go to well, golf tournament going on today, mate. <laughs> I was thinking about that, and it's like... <laughs> Either tailgating or the other thing that you do when you watch golf is just sleep on a Sunday. Yeah, see, I don't you know. know. <laughs> but what about like, Irish point. stew? It seems like they would eat what Irish <laughs> stew with uh, <laughs> in England. Well, English stew then shepherd's pie. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, there you go. Mm. F- uh, fish and chips. That's right. Yeah, fish and chips. Yeah. There you, go. you know, a shitty like just Guinness or like one random uh-huh. beer. Blood uh-huh. sausage. Uh huh. Blood sausage. Uh, yeah. What's that line them. from Snatch? He says, uh, "London." He goes. Bad weather, worse food, was, London. I think he was bad weather, worse food, London. <laughs> no, it's an American that oh. says it. <laughs> He's talking shit about him. Um, but yeah, look, tail. Yeah, I mean, tailgating. I feel like the the real next move for tailgating is a bring your own toilet situation, so you don't have to use that blown out porta potty. <laughs> right. That's actually not a half bad idea. You bring like a trash can and a toilet seat for the truck bed. Remember my idea last year? Of that could be problematic, bro. The, like the funnels so you can pee at your seat in the stadium. Oh, yeah, Remember yeah. Remember that? Yeah. The my stadium upgrade idea? Yeah. Well, yeah. We bo- I think we both had a similar idea. Mine? No, yours? You, you, you stole my idea. You Zuckerberg me. Yours? I did Zuck you. <laughs> yeah. But hey, he wins, man. You know? Um, no, mine was for like a... Uh, like a like a curtain right at your seat and then like your oh, seat yeah. is a toilet yeah, or something. Yeah, Will, Will was getting... Expensive. Can you imagine how much it would cost to install a curtain at every seat at every stadium? Mine, you just get a little funnel down there. It's <laughs> pissing the game. Yeah, and then you're just gonna have people yeah, with their the, dicks out everywhere. <laughs> this is why I wanted a curtain. <laughs> Everybody's just exposing themselves. Yeah, it's like a. Oh wait, okay, actually, here's Tyler's perfect ideal situation: is a new super conference that's all just nudist football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every ticket comes with a sex offender registry. Oh, <laughs> I'm here uh, for the gangbang. This is brutal. <laughs> Um, all right, other off-season news, right? Because it's not just this stuff. So with the new name, image, likeness stuff, everyone was hoping that Reggie Bush would get his Heisman back. The NCAA came back and said, no, he's Such not getting bullshit, his Heisman. bullshit, man. Yes, I can't bullshit. believe this. Uh, the, the, the NCAA has been operating like, they don't, like they're not a member of society for decades. Yeah. And then they get in, in front of the Supreme Court, and then they the, the judge laughs yeah. the NCAA out of the room. And then this comes up, and still, they go, no, we don't have to treat everything else like the world treats it. I mean, what happens if... if a law gets overturned. They retroactively go back and you get released from prison or they Sometimes. look at your sentence. Yeah. A lot of the times you do. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's how things work. You retroactively go back and adjust based on new rules. So it's yeah, give him his fucking that, Heisman back. Yeah. I want Reggie to get the Heisman. We need to like organize like a uh, like a group, like a Ocean's Eleven type scenario where a bunch of college football fans break into wherever they keep his Heisman and we give it back okay. to him. If we did an Ocean's Eleven cast, I call Don Cheadle. Oh, that's easy. I call Brad Pitt. Okay. Well, we look the exact same, so yeah. it's no big deal. Yeah. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon. You know what I watched the other day is Goodwill Hunting. 
It's a great one. Yes. Great flick. Yeah. Hey, look, hey. You know, a Gordon Wood, and how about them apples, and it's Gordon your, Wood. It's not your fault, Chief. Yeah, Gordon Wood. Chief. Your, <laughs> hey, Chief. Hey, Chief. Hey, Chief. It's not your fault. Um, <laughs> uh, we got Arizona State. Herm Edwards being investigated by the NCAA for recruiting violations yeah. during the dead period during COVID. You weren't supposed to have any in-person contact with recruits, and apparently... Like every day, they were bringing recruits secretly into the facilities late at night, posting them. The whole Pac-12 is like, "This is bullshit." And already, one their tight ends coach is like being on paid leave for investigating uh, for, for the investigation. Now it sounds like her, uh, Herm Edwards might go down. The whole they, they all might go down. Uh, it right. could be middle of the season. I'm calling a bluff. A bluff. Uh, well, uh, yeah, that probably wasn't the right word. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit. How's oh, that? really? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that this is all the media perpetuating this. I Ooh. really think that because who are the people who would fire him? It would have to be the ASU higher-ups. Yes. But see, if, if it comes down to you, you fire him or we have all, or the NCAA levies all these crazy punishments on you, they'll fire him every time. Every school has done that in the past. Yeah, that's a good point. If the NCAA does say they're going to come out and punish him or if they do find something. But Herm Edwards is... is he surprised everyone. I mean, he... Oh, yeah. It's so funny. I was reading an article. I think it was Athlon Sports. I'm not sure exactly where it was, but it was comparing the John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh era in Michigan to the Herm Edwards era in ASU and how they were received and then their success or lack thereof subsequently. Well, Herm Edwards, it's everyone was kind of laughing and, and, and <laughs> thought that he was going to do a shitty job. And, I mean, he's done nothing but win. A lot of people think they're the favorites to win the Pac-12 South this year. Mm -hmm. So I think that if he keeps winning, they've got nothing to worry about. I mean, again, unless the NCAA is going to do something and then ASU comes out and fires him, I think he's just fine. I think this is being overblown. I hope so. I mean, look, there was – I think it was uh, David Shaw, Stanford head coach. He came out and, like, blasted the, uh, Arizona State and Herm Edwards in the media. Said, yeah. like, this is inexcusable. I don't know. The, the, the rumors are that – you could see multiple assistants and possibly Herm all, all get fired all at once. And it could happen in a couple weeks. It could happen at the end of the season. It could happen middle of the season. Well, if he does, I mean, Arizona State's gone once he does. Yeah, no I, joke. Yeah, yeah. That, that, they were nothing they're, they're before done. him. Exactly, so. And I, I, I've enjoyed him being there. I'm glad that no. you, you know, you, you softened the blow and you didn't remind us how good Herm Edwards is doing <laughs> and how poorly Jim Harbaugh is doing. But uh, I know that's where it was going. Um, I think it's fine, though. I think they're going to be okay. That's then, my call. My guess is he's going to be at Arizona State for a while. I mean, look, if you're the head coach and you're smart, you you line it up to where the assistants are the fall guys, right? You know, so yeah, exactly. Like, Throw everyone you, else under the bus. Yes. So maybe he survives and no one else does on the staff. Who knows? Uh, another piece of college football news. And Tyler, I think that you'll like this one, or maybe you won't, but it's important for the uh, segment we got coming up. LSU quarterback who's expected to start, Miles Brennan, sustained a left arm injury today. Or, or yesterday that will require surgery. Uh, he's believed to have a broken arm. Uh, timeline unclear for his return. He was the expected starter. Now you got Max Johnson probably going to be the starter. He played a lot last year, though, and looked pretty good. It was a competition, but most people expected Miles Brennan. That may have an effect on the uh, the line that we've got for week one. Yeah, exactly. That's so, going to have a major impact. Uh, LSU minus four was one of my better bets, but now you have to reevaluate everything. Okay. And that injury happened, like I think it was really recent. Did you say when it happened? I think it was yesterday because okay. it just got announced today that he's, oh. he's got to have surgery. Yeah, it's, so yeah, you got it, it's a huge readjustment to refactor the quarterback situation. Yeah, absolutely. Is there any relation to uh, Colt Brennan? 
I don't believe that? so. No? No, I, I'm not sure. Uh, we can look into that, but I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, we might as well get to it then. We got some look-ahead early games to give you guys. Yes, we do. Now, Tyler, you've got how many here? Well, I have three. You got three. Okay. Yep, I had because uh, the LSU minus four. And just to let everyone know, we were debating whether, you know, because we understand a lot of you guys out there, you know, you're not making futures bets. You're not making bets a month, two months, three months down the line. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between getting lines early and waiting for things to sharpen out because the closer you get to game time, the more accurate all of these lines are. So we thought the best thing to do was give out our favorite bets for week one. So if you guys want to, you can go bet these now because I promise a lot of the, well, these games will likely move, not always in our direction. Now, most of the time we hope they do, but these lines should move. And if, uh, uh, if Miles Brennan, for example, didn't get hurt for LSU, I highly believe that game would have gone to six and a half, maybe even seven by kickoff. And right right now it's four. So yeah. we get major value by betting early before these lines move. And so on that note, I've got three best bets for week one. Do you just want me to kind of go in order, Will? How do you want to do this? Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit me with them. I'm, I'm trying to look and see if, if any of the lines on the LSU game has been adjusted by now or if it's just off the board. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, all right, so my first best bet is, uh, uh, well, let's just stick with Stanford. We were just talking Pac-12 and David Shaw. Stanford and Kansas State, they play in uh, Jerry's World, week one, AT&T Stadium. Mm. Um, this actually, I think this is a bet a lot of people listening will disagree with me on. And the reason is a lot of the public likes to bet teams that they're familiar with and that have starting quarterbacks coming back, right? You see a lot of the offense coming back. You see the quarterback and teams who did well last season or above average last season. So I think a lot of people are going to look at this Kansas State-Stanford game and see Skylar Thompson coming back for Kansas State, who's a good quarterback, a lot of the offense returning, and they're going to remember Kansas State had a pretty good offense, at least for the first part of last year. Stanford, one of the worst teams dealing with COVID. They lose their quarterback, lose a couple pieces on offense. I think the average person is going to look at this game and take Kansas State. I disagree. I love this game. Stanford, currently minus one and a half. I think Stanford's honestly one of the most underrated teams heading into the Pac-12 this year. I think their defense, especially their secondary, really underrated. They're going to have a really good season. And the off the, the offseason, David Shaw even mentioned it, more improvement from transfers and younger guys than he's seen in a long time. So improved offense with a lot of people who we don't know, and they're not going to be explosive, but trust me, their running game is going to be back this year. Very good defense who can stop the pass, and I think they're going to frustrate Skylar Thompson and that uh, receiving core. So Stanford, not going to be a popular pick, but I like them minus one and a half. Uh, it's it's more of a road game because it's, like I said, in Jerry's world for Kansas State. But I love Stanford minus one and a half, and uh, that's my first best bet. Interesting. Yeah, you know what? Stanford's been really interesting over the last few years to me because you know once uh, once David Shaw took over for Jim Harbaugh, he was doing a really fantastic job there for I think the first you know five six years, and since then Stanford has kind of declined a little bit. Um, I don't think that they've really been in contention for a Pac-12 championship now in a few no, years. It's been it's been a couple years, and so you know it's it's kind of I'm kind of wondering if Stanford you know could use. Uh, some fresh blood in there, you know, maybe a new head coach, a new message, but that's not an easy place to win. I still think that David Shaw is a good head coach, but I really like Chris Kleiman, the uh, the head coach for Kansas State. You know, he came from North Dakota State, I believe, where he won a bunch of F uh, FBS national championships. Um, 
that's an interesting one. I don't think I'm ready completely to go against you on that one, but I, I wouldn't be totally prepared to take Stanford either. Let's let all the new listeners know about the bet board, what the bet board is. Yeah, so the bet board is something we've done now. Uh, this is our third year, by the way, our third year, our, uh, third college football season starting. So this will be the third year we have the bet board going. Basically, every week, you know, Tyler and Smitty and I are going to talk about college football stuff, and then we're going to give out a, a lot of gambling picks, right? So if you don't know, if you're new to the show, Tyler is a professional gambler. He does this for a living. He has another podcast, by the way, if you're looking for you know good information on sports gambling, it's called The Sharp Angle. And make sure you check it out. He gives out free picks. He uh, He's open about how his picks do. Uh, what do you, Your record is very good since yeah. you've been giving out free picks on the podcast, right? In 2021, the record's like 105, 74, and 2, which is about 58%. Yeah, that's winning money. I mean, that's, that's free money right there. So you should definitely check him out if you're looking to get into sports gambling, if you already are into it. But... Tyler, you know, he brings a lot more of the professional gambling knowledge, but I still like to, I've, I've been picking against the spread since I was like 12 with my dad. But that's dad. why this is fun, is, is uh, let me speak for you here, because yeah. I know you're you're rather modest. Will is the most knowledgeable college ball fan I know. Huh. And so it's always fun back and forth. It is. Keep the, it coming. So the, the, the <laughs> you know, the bet board, we always, you know, have the championship at the end of the season, and I have won the first two years, but the first year I won by one game, and That's last right. year, I think I won by two games. Yeah, it's so our close. net record, it's like three games off. So yeah. it's still close long term. It's fun every week, and it gives the audience a little something to sometimes. You know, I know there's some listeners who like to play your game, some like to play mine, and when we agree on some huge games, you know then that's when you unload and, and really bet on those. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. And so if we end up picking on opposite sides, we throw on the bet board, we track it all year long. Yeah. Uh, I believe so I go in. Am I going in one nothing? Yeah, based you're off up our, one. Okay. Uh, we had Bryant and then was it Moorhead State? <laughs> no, it, Long Island, Long Island oh, University. Long Island. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Bryant. Also for the listeners, you'll notice that's when I become the quietest <laughs> when, when they start talking about this because my eyes just glaze over. See, <laughs> I think we need to create a new segment. It's like Smitty's, Smitty's spread pick of the week. Yeah, I okay, think so too because so. we're getting we're going to get more and more listeners who aren't necessarily big gamblers, you know, and yeah. big sports bettors. Yeah, so I, think I, I Ryan definitely, I definitely always have a lot of questions when you guys start talking about this. Yeah, I sure. mean, I'm probably the most annoying person to go to Vegas with. Hey, it's all right. <laughs> I'd rather have you asking questions than doing bad stuff with your money. But either way, the bet board we update it every week and uh, follow us on Twitter yep. at CFB underscore Pod CFB underscore Pod, and we'll update that every single week. So yep. these are all uh, if we disagree on these are going to go on the bet board but you're not going to put this game up there. no not yet well you know it may depending on where the line goes obviously Dude. We'll, we'll probably pick this game before our week one preview uh you know when we, we break down all the lines for the week one games it might end up on it there but as of now i'm not uh not fully confident my yet. last note of why i really like stanford's offense is i mentioned their defense why i like that if you look at 2018 2019 2020 stanford threw the ball more every season and David Shaw has been adamant this year he's going to get back to his power rushing attack. Also, for the first time, they've got three legitimate tight ends on their roster. Stanford's finally built to be Stanford once again. So look for them to surprise people. Okay. All right. Game number two. We're going to go uh, more high profile in the group of five. Boise State going to the bounce house. Oh, yeah. Taking on UCF. Uh, now, just to give people an idea of what this price means of Boise State plus four. UCF's home field advantage is right around four points. So the market thinks that Boise State and UCF are even teams, and I disagree with that. I think Boise State is a little bit better than uh, UCF. Boise State returning 16 starters. The only question I have for Boise, can Andy Avalos, first-year head coach, 
maneuver this schedule. They've got a tough lineup this year. I think they have a chance to be one of the better group of five teams. We're going to learn a lot about their preparation and how Andy Avalos can do getting his team ready for week one. UCF, good offense. They're bringing back some pieces, but I think Boise State's secondary, and it's funny. Early in the year, I will be betting on teams who have experienced secondaries because defenses are slow to adapt. You see it every season. You know, defenses with a lot of new guys take a while to get warmed up. So these teams who are bringing back pieces, I think Boise State's going to be one of the teams who looks good to start defensively. Plus, Andy Avalos, he was defensive coordinator a couple years ago at Boise. He turned that, that team around quick. I think he can do that, bring his struggling defense, what it was last year, Uh, bring them back. So Boise's bringing back a lot of talent offensively. Uh, Jack Sears, Hank Bachmeyer, both back this year. I love Boise State, plus four at UCF. And uh, remember, UCF can still win the game by three points. It's going to be a very close game, and uh, we'll take Boise plus four. We already have a bet board, Tyler. We got a bet board game. I don't think we have a sound ready for it, do we? No, that's okay, though. But look, I'm so glad that you picked this game. So right now, like you said, UCF, four-point home favorite, this one, for me, is all about motivation. It's about the storyline. Gus Melzahn, right? He gets fired from Auburn last year. He takes over at Central Florida. And who does Auburn choose to hire as his replacement? Brian Harson, who comes from Boise State. He That's who they picked to replace him, right? Now, look, my opinion on Brian Harson and this hire, I, don't th- I think he's a good coach, but I don't think this is a great move. He doesn't know how to recruit the South. I do think that Boise State's been somewhat in decline since Chris Peterson. This is not the same... Boise State team that when Chris Peterson was there, you know, they're 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 playing in the Mountain West and they're still losing a few games a year. That's not cutting it for me for this guy to be the replacement in the SEC at a school like Auburn. And now you look at Gus, he's at UCF where he can legitimately recruit just as much and maybe more talent than he could at Auburn it's at Central Florida. He's in a great location for that. You know, he's gonna have a better road to the playoffs when it expands. Um I, I think that you could argue that the Central Florida job might be better. Just, I mean, ask Scott Frost if he likes the Nebraska gig better than he likes Central Florida. I think that it's, it's a place where you can win. It's a place where a coach wants to be. And now his first game, he gets a chance to remind everyone how good of a coach he is. And he gets to rub Auburn's nose in it in the process by hammering Boise State at home. I think he's got a better quarterback than maybe he's ever had at Auburn and Dylan Gabriel at UCF. I think UCF covers big. I think they blow out Boise here. Um, I'm, I'm all over it, so I'm glad we got a bet board game. We got a bet board game, and uh, that's the first one of the season, not in the offseason. Yep. So there we go. Boise and UCF bet board game. All right, my last one here, Ohio and Syracuse. Mm. Uh, I think that Ohio is going to be a real good team this year. Three games last Bob year. Bobcats. Ohio Bobcats. Yeah, let's be careful with that. Uh, Ohio had three games last year. That's it. Only three games. They look oh, wow. really good in all three. Bringing 11 starters back. Uh, and they got some really good transfers. It's not It's not often that Ohio is bringing in really good transfers. Four starters on offense uh, looking to be uh, uh, transfers. Talented wide receiver group going against a Syracuse secondary that's going to be decimated. And if you look at Syracuse, two years ago, I think it was, had a great season. Well, yeah. the expectations were high following that up, or at least higher than they usually were. Two bad years in a row. Last year, a lot of transfers, a lot of injuries, and they never found their ground. They never found their footing. Yes, they forced some turnovers. That's going to be a big key to this game. If uh, Syracuse, you know, that kind of 3-3-5 they run, if they confuse Ohio and and can force some turnovers, then obviously this is going to be a, a bad play. And sometimes you do get that early in the season. But I think Ohio is going to be too explosive. I see them putting a lot of points up. We'll take Ohio plus one at home against Syracuse. It's a Maction. I love it, dude. Maction. Bet, betting on a Mac team. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the only game I, I had here 
is the UCLA LSU game. We mentioned obviously that uh, that Miles Brennan is now going to require surgery, and now they're going to be most likely leaning on Max Johnson to start the year. Now, look, both these guys played last year, and they both showed a lot of promise. And we'll see what the line adjusts to after the uh, the sports books get this knowledge. I still think LSU is going to be favored here by three and a half. I don't think the line is going to move that much. Um, now, look. This UCLA-LSU matchup, it may not be the biggest game of week one, but I suspect it might end up being the best game. Uh, both teams had a really terrible 2020 year. LSU went 5-5 five and five the year after they won the national championship game. UCLA went 3-4. and four, But both these teams bring back a ton of starters. Almost the entire starting lineups on both sides of the ball for both teams. Uh, I think LSU has better talent and a new coaching staff to shake things up, but this is a tough one for a first game for LSU. It's an 8.30 Eastern kickoff you know, that's late for LSU to be on the West Coast, right? I mean, uh, that's basically going to be 10.30 their time. When was the last time LSU even went so far West? They never travel that far West for road games. Um, UCLA's offense was finally looking like a Chip Kelly college offense last year. I think this one goes for a lot of points. I wouldn't be surprised to see LSU win this one on like a field goal. And I wouldn't be surprised to see UCLA win it at home either. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm normally not one to bet on Chip Kelly, but I think UCLA, UCLA will keep it close here. I like them. I, if the line stays at four and a half, I like that. If it goes all the way up to three, I like that too. I'm taking UCLA plus you know, three to four and a half. Yeah, I uh, I liked LSU before the injury news, but uh, LSU is one of my more improved teams this year. You know, yeah, they had a terrible sure. season last year, and um, I just think they're going to surprise some people. But let's wait to see what happens and uh, how good this backup looks, what the news is coming out of LSU, because uh, it's going to be important. For sure. Coach yeah. O needs a big year too. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how quick you can go from being a national championship to be or a national championship. <laughs> national One more champion, time. <laughs> <laughs> easy for me to say, to uh, being on the hot seat. So yeah, we'll see Legendary. how Coach O does. But uh, yeah, uh, that's. Uh, it, did you see, is that game available right now? Um, I mean, it, it depends on where you it look. Board. It, it's off the board at some place. What's the website you always use? Tyler to check sports lines. Pregame.com. Pregame. And then uh, the game center on there has uh, some lines. But. Yeah. So I think, you know, look, ESPN still has it up, but they're not exactly the sharpest when it comes to uh, yeah. to betting. So I'm guessing the most sports books don't have it up right now. If you can grab it at four and a half, especially right now for UCLA, I jump all over it. Um, but I don't, I really think that with, especially since both of these guys had to play last year, I think that the line won't move that much. I think it'll remain right around four points. Um, so yeah, we'll you're probably right. That's probably not going to be a huge adjustment. Yeah, but uh, so I like UCLA there though. So, uh, it, but in, okay, well, we me, almost had a bet board game. If LSU, bl- oh, if LSU blows them out, then Chip Kelly goes right back on the list of guys <laughs> I'll never bet on. Uh, but I actually think that this might be their year. So wow, uh, okay. Now we're gonna wrap up the show with what I know you guys have all been waiting for: the combine recap. Combine! That's Woo! right. So <laughs> last weekend we did the combine. Now to be clear, I, Tyler said he got a trophy is that right well i was gonna go pick it uh, apparently trophy every trophy place is closed on monday mm. did you know that no yeah, so i got it from uh, abilene <laughs> trophies here in denver and uh huh. yeah i went over today to get it and it's they're closed okay so i'll have it next week what does the trophy consist of describe it to us it's uh it's multiple it's gonna go for years so it's just it's like uh, the stanley cup exactly it's a combine <laughs> trophy and then we actually also have a couple uh bedboard Oh, Indiv- yeah? Individual ones, Oh, yeah. I love it. Okay. <laughs> well, Tyler, to be fair, Ty- Tyler won the combine, right? So the way we did it, I- I'll give you what we did here. So f- we did, obviously, 
let me start by saying we are not super athletes. <laughs> it was so embarrassing was to humbling. go out there and actually see what the hell Extremely this. Extremely humbling. But so what we did is we did some throwing stuff. We did like a throwing accuracy contest. We did uh, just longest throw. Who could throw it the furthest? We did longest punt. We did a little field goal kicking. We did uh, the broad jump. And then we ran a four. And we did punting accuracy too. That's right. Punting accuracy. Yeah. Yes, we did that. And, uh, and we did a 40, a 40 yard dash. And then uh, we were going to do vertical. We skipped that. We, we forgot that. We kind of skipped over it. And we still have to do the Wonderlick. So we're going to do that. But it's not going to affect the total scores. So I'm, here, I'm just going to throw out some numbers here for you to give you guys an idea <laughs> as to what happened. So first of all, Tyler ended up winning by uh, our point system you know, that we somewhat agreed on, I suppose, <laughs> even though other point scoring systems might have had me winning. Um, <laughs> it's all so <laughs> retroactive. I don't, I don't I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's after the fact. It was, okay, hey, we, we need to add a couple categories. Yeah. Well, here, what I'm, uh, first, what I'm going to give us the results, and then I actually did this. I didn't tell you guys I was going to do this, but I'm basically, I'm doing a, I did a draft profile for all three of us. Oh, God. Okay. So... Uh, throwing accuracy competition, Smitty won by tiebreaker. So, uh, Smitty and Tyler were tied at the end of it. I was in third and, uh, Smitty won by tiebreaker, uh, long throw, the longest throw Smitty won that as well. 44 yards. Tyler got 38 yards. I got 34, uh, longest punt. Tyler wins that 34 or thir- excuse me, 39 yards. Smitty did 34. I did 30. We're seeing a, uh, a trend here. <laughs> then we kicked field goals. Uh, kicking field goals is hard, yeah. really hard. So basically, we started at like the point after, and uh, Tyler did great, actually. He made two of, of three. three. Yeah. Smitty and I made zero of three <laughs> and then did like a kickoff from even closer, and I finished in second. Smitty got third. We did the broad jump. This is the one thing I won. I, I, I jumped seven feet. Tyler got six feet, and Smitty got five five eleven. Uh, and then we ran the 40. Now, these 40 times, let me tell you, these are bad. I wanted, uh, I wanted to be timed again. Yeah. <laughs> I need a recount. <laughs> so uh, Tyler was the fastest. He was timed. By the way, these are extremely unofficial. We had like a stopwatch on our phone, a stopwatch on a watch, and we took the average of the two. So Tyler, <laughs> Tyler ran a 5.8. Yep. Uh, he got first. I ran a 5.9. So he just barely beat me out. And then Smitty ran a 6.5. And that's a tough look for Smitty. So I, I did some research. I went and I looked. Yeah, I think that's bullshit. At the slowest, <laughs> the slowest NFL combine, uh, forty yard times. And this guy Isaiah Thompson, I think in twenty eleven, uh, he ran a six point oh six forty yard dash time. Position. Uh, he was an offensive lineman. He was running back. He was an offensive lineman. But I'm, I'm I'm pulling up some other slow ones, and I I saw this hilarious thing. So this former Wisconsin Badger offensive tackle. He ran a 5.8. That's the same time that Tyler won with. And here's the funniest thing. It says, former Wisconsin Badger offensive tackle posted a 40-yard dash time of 5.8 seconds during the 2012 NFL Combine. Oglesby, that's who he is, suffered six knee injuries while in college <laughs> at Wisconsin. So it takes a 300-pound guy with six knee injuries to run as slow as Tyler is, is fast. And that's the fastest out of us. So, but, All right, so we actually, I, we, we talked about going back and pulling audio. Yeah. So we have to play this because we debated for the last couple of shows whether Ryan said he would run a sub-540. <laughs> yeah. And he ended up running a 6-540. 
Which he disputes. Such <laughs> disputes. There's no way that I'm slower Dude, than both of you. We both it was, time, it was we slow. Both we both time. timed it, was very it, slow. And, it was, and we both so, were right so there. So let's play this clip. This is uh, this is Ryan for saying he get a sub five, and this is me and Will setting our expectations okay. for, for the combine and what we think we would get, and then Ryan uh, saying what he thinks he'd get. Well, I'm, I'm almost tape. positive you said uh, it would it be was sub five because <laughs> I did run a four five seven when I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll run sub five. <laughs> <laughs> there it is again. Look, I'd be stoked if I ran sub six, dude. I hey, the, the you realize be, how long that is? I guess. I mean, I guess don't like offensive linemen. <laughs> well, I showed yeah. like sub yeah, but six. But offensive linemen are really athletic. Yeah, they're way more athletic yeah, than me. Well, dude. I'm really athletic. <laughs> I'm talking about being Will over here. I'm talking. I'll tell you what I, I won't play, do. I play. I put the VR headset on for ten minutes and I'm sweating. So, oh, yeah, man, that. tough look for Smitty. I got to <laughs> say, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a bunch of humble pie right there. Now, look, to be totally fair, none of us trained for this. We're out of shape. Not at all. I think if we like, we, we probably should like train and try to improve our numbers for like later on in the year. Um, I also want to say <laughs> and improve our numbers. <laughs> I want to say officially that the night before I ate a big bowl of bolognese. I had strawberry shortcake for dessert and had four <laughs> glasses of wine. So that's going to be my excuse. Um, oh, God. But I do. So obviously I finished third based off the scoring system. I bl- do believe it was quarterback heavy. It was throwing heavy. And I'm just I'm not being drafted <laughs> as a quarterback. So once again, I think I should do better. Um, but getting drafted third would mean that I go to a better team and I'd win a Super Bowl first. So there's that. So I actually think I'm in a better position than both of you guys. But what if my team traded up or got a draft pick? Like what if I have the... Mm, that's a good point. A Tampa Bay Buccaneers via the New York Jets. Ah, via the New See? York Jets. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, here here's my draft profiles for the three of us. By the way, definitely not draftable any of us, but here's our draft Maybe profile. Maybe into the military, but that's about... Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm coachable. <laughs> I, got, I got pros, cons, and then a player comp. So we're going to start off with Tyler because he won it. And here's Tyler's draft pros. Speed. He was the fastest guy, and he can be your emergency kicker. He was the best kicker, the best punter. He's extremely competitive. Uh, Tyler's always been that way. Uh, he graded out the highest at the combine. He's analytical. He'll watch film, right? Those are all the pros for why you should draft Tyler Walgie. Now, here's the cons. Does he really truly love football? Because he <laughs> prefers to bet on soccer and hockey when it comes to gambling. So I'm this not sure true. about his passion for the game. Um, I think there's some outside of football distractions that wouldn't be good. Now, look, he brought his girlfriend and his dog to the combine. Um, so I think those are negative distractions. Um, he's also the commissioner of a fantasy football league. These are all just things that will take away from his time in the NFL. And last of all, He's got character issues. He, <laughs> he skipped out on the vertical jump. Um, I have sources telling me that he once went to a karaoke bar and got so drunk <laughs> that he performed Regulators by Warren G so poorly that people literally wept in the crowd. I, I was there. Actually, the DJ, he, he finished singing Regulators, and the only thing the DJ said was, well, that was painful. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, character Regulators issues, you know. Warren G. Uh, and his player comp is Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Heisman winner. Come on. That's my player comp. Yep. Uh, uh, now, money. Smitty. Signs. Smitty's draft profile. Pros. Size. Uh, he's, he's the biggest of all of us. He's got arm talent, obviously. He won the accuracy, the long throw. I do believe he's got pocket mobility, uh, you know, despite his, his sprint speed. Um, previous playing experience. Did you play at tight end in high school? Uh, tight end and defensive. Okay, so previous playing experience. That's good. He looks the most intimidating and full pads out of the three of us. That's for sure. Um, and great locker room name. Smitty just goes well on a, in a football locker room, right? Now, here's the cons. 
speed. He was slow. <laughs> <laughs> he, he couldn't he's run the 40. Couldn't run the 40 very fast. Previous playing experience. He's got less tread left on the tires because he's played <laughs> before. Um, and he's a raw talent, but he's not polished. So that's that's what we're saying about Smitty. His player comp, though, Ben Roethlisberger. Nice. <laughs> Big Ben. Huh? And I've got my that's draft good. profile here. So pros, explosive. My 40 time, my broad jump, those I both. I think he's talking about after that bullock knees. The night before. <laughs> they both equal athletic explosion when you look at it. Um, I've got the immeasurables, the intangibles. I'm um, the first one in the building, last one out, work ethic. I'm a family man. I brought my girlfriend to the combine. Um, I like how that was a downgrade for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was for you. But for me, I'm a family man. I've got fluid hips. You know, people love that at the draft. Uh, all the treads still left on my tires because I never played football. So those are all pros. Uh, the cons fluid hips yeah fluid hips um, uh, that's what they say uh, cornerbacks you know? I, I, I've heard that more referred to in salsa dancing he's got fluid hips he's got mm. liquid hips uh, greasy hips hips the cons are the arm talent but I'm not a quarterback like I said can't throw it very far or accurately a uh, bit of a game manager <laughs> I want to watch football more than play it and uh, I'm going to get into problems with the coaching staff because I can yeah. make better play calls than them. Major problems with the coaching staff. Coachability is one of the main things yep. I heard. And the player comp here is a hybrid of Christian McCaffrey and Rob Gronkowski. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. So. I get Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Heisman winner, dude. Johnny <laughs> football. Yeah. yeah. You got you got off the field issues. So, you know. <laughs> Tell you what. When I look at Will, I just think of fluid hips. Fluid <laughs> hips. <laughs> I got oily <laughs> hips, dude. I can God. turn on a dime. I will, I will <laughs> say, though, the how funny the funniest part of this combine was how none of us could move the next day dude i was so sore oh my god we didn't even do that much no No, my back hurt i kept thinking why does my back hurt so bad (laughs) my obliques hurt (laughs) and i think it was from the kicking yeah the kicking was tough kicking because we were actually trying to kick it hard and it turns out that's very difficult Mm -hmm. so uh not good not good um all right well that's gonna do it for today's show over the next couple of weeks, we're going to get into conference previews. We're going to give out our best bets for you know uh, who's going to win the conference. Tyler and I will argue about Iowa State, I'm sure, at some point. Yes. Uh, and Matt Campbell. Are they number seven right now? Uh, or are they in the country? Yeah, they're, they're, they're in the top <laughs> ten. They're in the top ten. They're going to be laughable. there at the end, too. It's so hysterical. It is not. I've but never seen a bigger blunder. We'll break down all the individual conferences, Heisman hopefuls, do all that stuff leading up to the season, and just a few weeks till we're at football season. So... It's all good news. Uh, We're back week to week. Every Monday we'll be in the studio. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Once again, follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen. Tell your friends. We'll see you guys next week.